deep in the heart of the swamp. This is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales, Gator Greats. I'm your host, Adam Schick. On episode four of this series, we chronicled the Gators' gritty comeback to get by Alabama in the SEC Championship and the preparation for the BCS title game against Oklahoma and Heisman Trophy winner Sam Bradford. Now it was time to see if a Gator dynasty would be born in the shadows of South Beach. This is The Promise Fulfilled, Episode 5, Miami Made. To get things started, Oklahoma won the toss and took the opening kickoff, trying to put their explosive offense on the field first. But on just the third snap, it was Florida's defense that made the kind of statement the Sooners couldn't ignore. Bradford, not a body within 10 yards, lofting down the sideline for Johnson, and he is leveled by Major Wright. Manny Johnson beating Hayden, but look at Major Wright going right through the wide receiver and getting the first big breakup of the game. For junior linebacker Brandon Spikes, who similarly laid down the law on Sean Moreno early in the Georgia game, the hit set the tone. That, that was one of those hits where I tell you, where we like, okay, we see how major rocking. We got <laughs> to step it up. You know what I'm saying? We're like, oh my gosh, it, it kind of just... It just gives you this burst of energy, man, that you just, I don't know, it's just, it just spreads all throughout the whole entire team, man. I'm talking about even through the the, uh, the staff, like far as the uh, the trainers and stuff, you can just, it's it's weird. Like, they get excited, too, and they're not even out there playing. Mm-hmm. A hit like that, and, it, and 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 the big thing is you should see the, the opposing team's sideline, how, how, what it does to them. So, with them taking those type of hits out of the game, like, we know what we're signing up for, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Good for the guy. If I have a son one day, man, you know he's playing offense. You better believe it. (laughs) Leave the quarterback alone. Don't touch my son. Come close (laughs) to him. You get the fine. Just that simple. Freshman running back Jeff Demps was equally wowed and maybe even a little concerned for the Oklahoma receiver. That was – I thought he killed the dude, man. (laughs) And I – Major, he'll probably tell you, like, you know, if he's being honest, I think it was a pass interference. But it was so close that you can't tell. You know, I, I swear I thought he killed that kid, man. And it's I funny, think. I mean, he would have been, he, that would have been targeting, I mean, instantly. Oh, yeah. They would have He wouldn't have even, sta- he wouldn't have, sta- he would have gotten up and walked straight off the field after that. Like, they would have th- threw him out of Dade County. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, if he did that now, nah, yeah, he's going out of Dade. Yeah. They, they taking him back to Alaska County. Man. <laughs> OU came up empty on both of their first quarter possessions, which likely came as a surprise to the previously steamrolling Sooners. I really believe they thought that after the first quarter. You should have seen how they was looking. Like, they was in disbelief. Like, mm-hmm. man, this, this stuff ain't working. And I was out there talking trash like, bro, come on, man. Did you – I hope you wasn't laying down at night thinking you was going to just do what you wanted on us. <laughs> <laughs> they, you should have seen them, though. They was kind of like – it was like they just, like, in disbelief looking around. Right. I was like, yo, this ain't nothing. Can't nobody help you now? Right. Y'all out here. It's, it, it's on. <laughs> and they, we didn't – you know, we didn't let our foot off the gas pedal. Florida's offense also got off to a bit of a slow start, with some jitters affecting Demps out of the gates. 
I remember our first offensive play because I was getting a screen pass out of the backfield and I dropped it. <laughs> but I think it was wide, I think it was wide open. And it was so crazy because it was on my birthday, man. So mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like, dang, okay, I get to play the national championship on my birthday. And then the first offensive player is going to go to me, which I know I'm like, okay, well, it go to me and I can score. If it's, if everything works out, I can I can possibly take it to the house. And then, you know, it happened and I see, it's like everything was in slow motion, man. I seen the ball and I just knew it was open because it, it was open, you know, so many times in practice. Like, mm-hmm. dang, okay. You know, I'm, a, I'm definitely going to score on it, right? So it's slow. Like, I swear, like, the ball is coming at me in slow motion. And then maybe, what, a five-yard pass? And I see it, and I just take my eye off the ball at the last second. And then it just hits me right in the helmet. Like, and then everybody's like, oh, man. And I'm like, <laughs> like I was so I was crushed, man. I was crushed because I just knew this play was going to work. And then, you know, I, you know, after the fact, I go back and rewind, and I see it, and it was definitely open. The Gators broke the stalemate and got on the board first in the opening minute of the second quarter. Tebow back to throw into some pressure, steps up with the ball, now stops and throws it down the field and got a receiver inside the five-yard line as the Gators had the ball and it came loose. Lewis Murphy had it and it gets to the goal line. It's going to be called a touchdown. Oklahoma quickly answered with a touchdown of their own and Tebow threw his second interception of the game shortly thereafter. The turnover saw them take over possession at the Florida 26, with a handoff to Chris Brown taking it all the way down to the nine-yard line. The Sooners kept feeding the beast, with Brown burrowing further down to the one on the next two plays. But after getting stonewalled on third and goal from the one, Bob Stoops decided to forego the chip shot field goal to try and pound it in on fourth and goal. The Gator defense wouldn't have it. Running it out of the eye, fullback lead block, Oklahoma going for it. 57% 57% on fourth down. They hand it off to Brown, and Brown is hit and stopped. Oh, my! There's the biggest play for the Gators in this game. A touchdown-saving tackle by Torrey Davis, who shot through there and tackled Brown for a loss, and Oklahoma has turned the ball over on down. Brown tackled in the backfield, Mick. Torrey Davis knifed through there and just knocked him off his feet. Terrific play. But the threat wasn't over, as the Gators had to give it back to the Sooners one more time before the break, and what ensued was a 12-play, 74-yard drive that once again came up short thanks to a huge play from the defense. First and goal for the Sooners at the Gators' six-yard line. Sam Bradford calling for the ball of the shotgun. There's the snap. Bradford looking, looking, fires the ball down toward the goal line. Manny Johnson gets it. It's tipped, and it's going to be intercepted! Oh, my! Manny Johnson had both hands on the ball but juggled it. And the Gators then had bodies all around. And Major Wright got the interception. Oh, my! Three seconds left in the half. And the score still stands 7-7. What a ball game. With the game tied at 7 at the half and his team playing below their standard, Urban Meyer was grateful to be on even ground. Oh, just breathe. You know, first of all, winning a national champ or playing for a national championship in your home state is a dream for everyone. Not many people get to do that. And the electricity in that stadium from Gator Nation was second to none. And then that hit early in the game and then major rights interception. And then uh, Torrey Davis uh, on a fourth down play, you know, got us to halftime seven to seven. I mean, without those, once again, we weren't playing well on offense. But to get to halftime seven, and Tim, if you remember, had one interception, I believe, his whole year, the whole year, had two in the first half. 
And to come back from two turnovers, two times inside the five-yard line, we caused turnovers or turnover and downs. And it was the energy of that hit and our defense. And that got us to the second half. You know, they did some unique things. They played a whole different style of defense. They were a 4-3 team, and they played 3-4. And if you remember, it was 7-7 at halftime. We, we had really a hard time moving the ball until we made the adjustments at halftime. And then the defense hung in there. You know, they actually moved the ball on us, but had two turnover, one turnover and a fourth down inside the five-yard line. And to me, that was the changing of the game. If they score those two touchdowns, uh, that would be hard to come back. The third quarter was a quiet one, with the only points being scored by the Gators late in the period after a methodical 13-play, 75-yard drive capped by the hampered but resilient Percy Harvin. Gators 8 for 11 on third down. Percy Harvin will take a direct snap at quarterback. There's the snap to Harvin, trying to run to the right. Harvin down in the goal line. Touchdown! Oh, mercy, Percy! Gators have taken the lead on a score by Percy Harvin. It's 13 to 7. Oklahoma would miss a field goal on its next drive, but the Gators weren't able to deliver a knockout blow, giving the ball right back to the Sooners for an eight-play, 77-yard drive that ended with a touchdown pass from Sam Bradford to Jermaine Gresham to tie the game at 14 with 12 minutes to play. But unfortunately for Oklahoma, when the Gators got the ball back, Percy continued to show no mercy. All right, 12.08 left. Gator offense comes onto the field, going right to left here in the fourth quarter. 14-14 the score. Gators start at the 22-yard line. Jeff Dimps is the running back. Tight end to the left is Aaron Hernandez. Percy Harvin now motions into the backfield. Here's Tebow handing it off to Harvin. A quick hitter. Harvin to the 25. Harvin to the 30. Harvin to the 40. Harvin down the sideline to 50. Harvin to the 40. Harvin to the 30. And Harvin finally shoved out of bounds on a touchdown-saving tackle by free safety Lindy Holmes. Percy Harvin has just given the Gators a big, big first down of about a 50-yard run. That led to a Jonathan Phillips field goal to put the Gators ahead 17-14 with just under 11 minutes left. The high-powered Sooner offense got the ball back with a chance to go ahead, but then Ahmad Black came up with the defensive play of the game and probably the season. Second and seven for Oklahoma at midfield. They go left to right here in the fourth quarter. Two receivers out to the left, backs in a nice set. Bradford dropping back under some pressure, looks to throw, fires the ball down the field. It will be intercepted. Ahmad Black took it right away from the Oklahoma receiver. It looked like it was going to be a catch for Oklahoma. Joaquin Iglesias, but there was Ahmad Black to strip it away. He's got his seventh interception of a sensational sophomore season. The Gators take it away. Ahmad Black has made so many great plays this year. None better than that. Um, <laughs> we were in the wrong coverage, so I got matched up somehow on their best receiver. Um, we called the wrong play because we had the wrong personnel in the game. And, uh, you know, I just remember the ball being in the air. He ran a sloppy route. So um, people, you know, try to figure out how I was there. It had good coverage. The route was so sloppy. I don't think he expected the ball, but we had pressure on the quarterback. So he kind of like just dropped back and just threw the ball really quickly, you know. And, uh, you know, when he threw it, I mean, I was out there um, and, and made a play on it. Clinging to a three-point lead and the clock ticking, Tebow marched the Gators down the field and got them in position to put the game away. Naturally, Dan Mullen called in a variation of Tebow's signature move to an unlikely target. Here's Tebow, going to run, jump pass, throw it to the end zone, and a touchdown! David Nelson caught the jump pass in the end zone! David Nelson scores! And the Gators now at 17-7! 
and lead 23 to 14. There was two things about that play that uh, that are interesting. Um, first of all, like I said, up until about three or four games or six or seven games before that, I hadn't really done anything that would make the coaches trust me to put me in a position like that. <laughs> um, and so when you're doing a play like that, like when, anytime Percy's in the game or anytime, you know, Lewis Murphy, you know, defenses are keying in on them, right? I mean, they're pointing like, okay, watch one, watch five, watch nine, watch seven. They're always talking about guys in certain situations when we get close to the red zone. You know, tendencies. Hey, they usually go to Percy here. Hey, they usually go to Hernandez here. Hey, they like to give the ball to Rainey or Demps here. Never in their wildest imagination did they think that 83 would be running in there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just one in that set situation and that play, you usually give it to your ace, your best player. So that, and then second, you know, coaches are a little paranoid when it comes to game prep, but especially when you get into bowl prep and you have reporters there all the time, you're not practicing at your. Uh, facility we were in Miami and so there was all kinds of reporters you never know who's there's there's cameras somewhere in the parking lot or the parking garage you don't you don't know and so you don't really want to practice plays like that in the open because you don't want the opponent or you don't want somebody seeing that and be able to let the opponent know and so anytime we we never really actually repped it in bowl prep we only practice it when we do walkthroughs and do things like that and so it was one of those things where I, I mean that play specifically we had just gotten to the close to the goal line and I knew the that that play was specifically uh involved with a personnel and so that personnel if we we called that personnel the game that was the only play that we were going to run and I remember being on the sidelines for that play before and they called the personnel and I remember my stomach was just like oh my gosh here we go it is happening this I, I was hoping for it I right believe, you know it was second down I believe and I figured you know what if it really comes down to it then maybe wait maybe like a fourth down play or a third down play like that's something that you can just keep in your pocket like if a uh, last case scenario, we'll do this kind of thing. And I remember them calling the personnel and I run onto the field. And I got about five or six steps off the sideline and coach Meyer called me and said, Nelson. And I remember turning around and was like, yeah, yeah, coach. And he looked at me and said, go win the game. And at that moment, all nerves were gone. Uh, everything that I had worked for, everything that, that, you know, in that season that I had gone through and had uh, done to develop the trust and, and the belief in me, I was not going to let him down. I was not, there was no way, no chance. I don't care if Tim threw that ball in stance. I was going to do everything I could, I had to do to bring that one home. And just to, you know, cause I didn't take it lightly. Here it was the entire university, the entire uh, university of Florida fan base, my entire teammates. But yeah, I was in the, I was in the position to be in that, to be in that position. Um, and so I wanted to take advantage of it and I didn't want to let anybody down. And, and like you said, it was a kind of like the flagship aspect of Tim's career, but it's, uh, without question, the pinnacle of mine. <laughs> For offensive coordinator Dan Mullen and athletic director Jamie Foley, reflecting on the play takes them back to the realization that came with it. We were on a longer drive, and it's in the fourth quarter. We have a lead in a one-score game, and you threw that to go up two scores, and all of a sudden you look at the clock and you realize, hey, we're going to win the national championship again. You know, But you don't, you're not thinking of it at that moment. You know, you think, how are we going to score? What are we doing? Are we managing the game? Everything. And then all of a sudden you look at them and say, hey, we're up two scores, and I think you know, under three minutes to go in the game. And, you know, it was a, it was a, a wow. We just, we're going to win the national championship again. I remember the jump pass to David Nelson, which yeah. kind of, kind of cemented it. And, you know, it's when you have a hard fought game at any minute, it could change. And that, that's kind of the exclamation point. Now you think, okay, now it's ours. Um, 
that's an incredible feeling. I think that's when I went down on the field and just soaked it all in. Nelson's joy in the moment was twofold, serving both his team and his inner child. And, and growing up in Texans and, and hating Oklahoma my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> extra. Uh, Bonus yeah, points. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely extra. Man, I, I, I can't put it into words. I mean, there's a picture that I have that I framed that – uh, I caught it and you know, I blacked out. I don't know what I did. I guess I ran and pointed in the stands. And Tim <laughs> still makes fun of me t- about it for this day. I don't know what I did. You know, I didn't. I didn't expect to be in that position, so I didn't prepare for it. But I, there's this. There's this. After I did the running, I got to the sideline, and I just you can just see I just all the emotion, all of the passion, everything just uh, it culminated into that moment. And it was just in that moment, everything that I'd gone through, everything that I'd worked for, it was just it was worth it. And it, it was just so special to be able to, like I said, catch a, a touchdown in the national championship game. Not only a touchdown, but one that clinched the game. And just eight, nine, ten weeks ago, I was only playing four or five snaps a game. And so just just knowing everything that I had to work for, knowing everything that I had, just the trust that I put into Coach Meyer and the trust that I put into the program and to be able to, to be on the receiving end of that play and such a, such a big play in the, in the history of Florida football is something that I still consider one of the greatest honors and privileges in my life. A few minutes later, it was time for the confetti. We have been certainly blessed to watch Florida win national championships. 22 seconds left. Gators in the victory formation. There's the snap. Tebow takes the knee. More flashbulbs pop. The Gators bust from the sidelines. They come out to the middle of the field. There's 15 seconds left. There'll be no more football. The Florida Gators have won another BCS National Championship, their second in the last three years, and their third national title in the last 13 seasons. And they've done it by a victorious margin of 10, stopping the highly regarded Oklahoma offense and holding them to 14 points. The Gators win the national championship tonight here in Miami. The final score, the Gators 24 and Oklahoma 14. For the second time in three years, the crystal ball was heading to Gainesville, and the promise was indeed fulfilled, a fact made even sweeter for Brandon Spikes and the rest of the squad by doing it in the Sunshine State. Well, for me, it was just the icing on the cake for us. You know, we, you know, that was part of the motivation, too, playing in, our, in front of our home crowd and, you know, keeping a national championship here in Florida and even being the best team in Florida at the time. I think we was pretty. The, I think we was the hottest team. Actually, a lot of the Florida teams weren't doing too great at, at the time. I yeah, think, honestly. Yeah. So I'm talking about in all the sports, professionally, everything. <laughs> right. Right. I think we were good, and our basketball team was good. Like that, it was crazy. But uh, yeah, I think that just you know getting that for the Gator Nation. You know, we always show Gator Nation always rolled with us when we was winning, when we was losing. We didn't lose much, you know, mm-hmm. that. But when we did, you know, pop a game here and there. They still supported us, and it wasn't no, like, oh, it wasn't no, you know, those fans that jump off the ship and talk trash. It wasn't never none of that. It was like, we'll get them next, next week, guys, and keep your head up. And I was like, I really respected that, man, because, you know, people kind of go with the wave. You're doing good, everybody happy, and you're doing bad, everybody like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The Gator Nation ain't, ain't like that. You know, it's loyal, and, you know, we always wanted to just come out there and show out for them because they, they feel the stands every Saturday for us. Now, you know, I've went back to a few games now. Hope it's getting back to where it used to be. But one time I went to a game, I was like, man, it's not the, – the whole stadium ain't even packed. What's happening? What's going on here? Yeah. You're right. I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it, the whole thing, not orange and blue. Like, right. the seats open and stuff. I'm like, what's going on? But it is getting back to how it's supposed to be. Here's Lakeland native Ahmad Black. 
it was great. I mean, we, we had an opportunity, like I said, to, to play close to home and have our families there and um, right close to Christmas or a little bit after Christmas. That was a, a late Christmas gift for a lot of us and an early and a late uh, birthday gift for me. You know, our birthday's in December. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a, a fun time. While Ahmad was stretching the calendar a bit to connect it to his birthday, Jeff Demps was truly celebrating that very day. Oh, just partying, man. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> like, I remember going out to the bus. Like, I think I gave I gave my parents the jersey, you know, and I was beat like, I, I, I was drained. I had no energy after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had no energy. I'm beat up. My body's aching. Like, oh, man. Like, you know, just remember seeing them, you know, hugging my, my family, you know, getting them the jersey. And then I, I actually think I went out with um Manuel Moody that night. He took mm-hmm. me out, man. Yeah, but it was fun, man. I enjoyed it. Man, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a definitely birthday I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun, man. It wasn't just Demps who was feeling the effects of the physical game in the hours after, as the voice of the Gators' Mick Hubert also battled the elements to get through the grueling affair. That was the one game that comes to my mind where I was probably the most under the weather. Hmm. In terms of my my throat, a sore throat, stuffed up, you know, I don't know if it was allergies or a cold or whatever it was, but, you know, I I remember I was gargling all the time and, uh, you know, cough drops and all kinds of stuff like that. And and, uh, I I was feeling, you know, okay, not great, but okay. And you could could hear in the tapes of the 08 championship game, you can hear the strength of my voice, you know, at kickoff. And, and you could hear the fumes almost by 1230 a.m. at the conclusion. <laughs> I was going downhill. I mean, I don't know. The fifth quarter would have been a very difficult one to call had there been five quarters. Uh, but it was also, you know, it was after midnight. You know, it was, it was humid and a little bit of the, the, the fog was like coming in. And, you know, it was kind of a little difficult, a little difficult to breathe a little bit because it was early in the morning. And, and I, was, I, was, I was certainly glad we won. And I was certainly glad the game was over when it ended. <laughs> <laughs> In the aftermath of any title, proclamations tend to be made about a team's relative greatness, though there's often a recency bias that skews the data. But given that over a decade has passed and so many of the 2008 stars went on to the NFL, it's fair to ask where this team ranks in the annals of college football history. We'll start the roll call with Urban Meyer. Well, I'm very biased and I'm proud to be extremely biased. I think that's (laughs) one of the greatest teams to ever play college football. When you look at and and statistics and personnel, you know, if you're a Heisman Trophy winner, a guy that finished in the top two or three in Heisman Trophy for three years, you have a just boatload of NFL talent that went on to play for many years. You had a top five offense and top five defense. You know, very rarely does that ever happen. Where you have, and then uh, arguably as good as special teams in, in college football history, with Brandon James as your returner. So um, you you really have to say that's one of the great teams in college football history. Dan Mullen added some additional context. I would think it would be, it, it has to be up there. You know, it has to be up there. And everybody can make the argument, well, hey, you know what? You didn't show up one week and played. And we didn't show up. We played horrendously. And we lost by one to, a, I think, a top 10 team. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think it certainly, if you look at it, was one of them. You know, uh, it has to be up there. And I think the reason being is you look after the loss and look at the scores and you're looking at, you know, like 40 and 50 point wins over top 10 teams. 
you know, and a team that could win different ways. And I think part of it, you got into uh, a, a team that, you know, had, had to go and, and beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, who then went on a huge run for a couple of years after that. An Oklahoma team that a lot of people were saying, you know, was one of the greatest offenses in college football history and beat them by two scores. And, you know, I, I think when you look at the the talent of that team of how special it was, it you can I'm sure there's arguments that you can make about great teams in college football. But I think that team would have to be in the discussion. I mean, that team had a, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback as a backup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's not a ton of teams that have two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks on them. And uh, but that was one of them. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it was it was a pretty special team. Brandon Spike shared some of his classic bravado. Man, without a doubt. That, that's a legendary team. That's the team I remember sitting with Urban Meyer and we was just sitting there. I remember just standing on. It was like maybe just hanging out talking before before practice. And he was like, be look around. Look around. Get a good look at this because you probably won't ever see this again. He said, look at all of this talent right here. Look at all of this. These guys, that's a first-round pick. That's a first-round pick. That's the first round here, maybe. He could go second and third. Like, this is the conversation we had. He just pointed to God. Yeah. And before the minute, it was like up to 12 to 15 guys. And these was guys, guys, like key guys on our team. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, man. And I, I, and I was around a lot of talent as a freshman mm-hmm. my, in 2006. And I'm sitting there having this talk with the head ball coach. And I'm sitting there and he like, you know, embrace this moment. Just, just take a time. Look at the offense. Look at your boy Percy. You know, look at the defense. I look at Carlos Dunlap. Look at Joe Hay. Look. Jank, you know what I'm saying? Look, look at all of this mm-hmm. talent. Like that's just a handful to get the pounces. Yeah, Marcus Gilbert. Yeah. Like, look, these guys are still playing in the NFL at a high level. Look at the, your your Heisman winner as a sophomore, Tim Tebow. Look, mm-hmm. look at this. Just look around. It's all around because you'll never. You might not see this in an NFL locker room, and I didn't. I never did. <laughs> just to have that, just from every position, man, that jump was crazy. And like I said, that year the practices. They were they were more intense than the games. Like we we competed at like it wasn't no you know we was prof- we was professional with it. He always preached stay up, stay off the ground. But it was it was a game. Like we was playing. You know what I'm saying? Because we we didn't want the other uh, the group to outdo the you know what I'm saying outdo us defensively. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to watch film so we can brag. You know the, our defensive coach can brag and go talk trash to the offense. Like we was competing against each other every day, mm. and people didn't understand that we weren't just going out and playing on Saturday. That was the easy thing. Saturday was easy. That was all fun. The games was it was competitive throughout the week for us. And and you and if you wouldn't know your A game, you might have got your position took. It was just that simple. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it was we was that deep, that stacked. I'm talking about people, the backups could go anywhere and start. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think I think that team right there deserves a thirty for thirties pretty soon, in my opinion. So you need to let people know that. <laughs> <laughs> So I can tell them, you know what I'm saying, some more deep secrets yeah, about all of that. But, yeah, man, I, I think about all of the teams I've been on. You know, that was definitely a special team. Jeff Demps offered a somewhat more reserved take. You know, of course you're going to say, oh, yeah, we're the best. But I think we're one of the best teams. I won't say the best, you know, because, you know, it's been some great teams that, that came through. But I think definitely we're in, a, we're in that talk. You know what I mean? And like I said, you can't tell, right? Until you done and years mm-hmm. go by, and then you look you look back after and then, you know, it kind of hits you like, okay, well, dang, they had this guy, that guy, this guy. You know, I was just looking at uh, I think the USC and Texas uh national championship game. Yeah, that was wild. And you know, and that that game was those guys were loaded too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yo, they had 
you know, it was different, different type of players, you know, but I definitely think we're in a conversation, you know, with the Miami team, you know, that, uh, what, that 01? Yeah. You know, yeah. those guys, the 01, like, I don't, it's tough, but I definitely think we're in the talks, though. I think we're the, you know, one of the top teams to, to do it. I think that, that Miami team have, like, I think they're three deep was, like, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, and Quentin Portis. Yeah, <laughs> so the they, same, they were on loaded. the same team. Yeah, they were loaded, man. Yeah, that's wild. They man. were loaded. So it's like, I, I, I can't say the best. You know, if I'm being honest, I just can't say, oh, yeah, we're the best team. Right. You know, because no, okay. you don't know. You don't know, you but I definitely think. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I definitely – no, because I'm being honest. You know, it's like, man, it's, it's, been, it's been some great teams, you right. know. But I would say, you know, we're definitely in the in – the, uh, right up there in the talks though you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. okay if you if you're gonna mention that then you can't you can't forget about us right you know, we're i think we're in there too lest there be too much humility on behalf of the players ahmad black quickly took it back up a level well i think it get missed skew. you know you look at a team like Miami who likes to brag about a bunch of first rounders and this that and the third and blah, blah, blah. like bro a lot of those guys are good but I'm, a lot of them were, were just because they're on that team or just because they're Miami at that time um, you got guys that are going first round safeties in Miami with five career picks. I had two seasons with Minify. Um, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, Mena Spikes didn't go first round. Um, Hernandez didn't go first round. Done that nigga. Come on. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? So we got to, we got to talent all across the board. I, I don't think you can gauge it by um if a guy went first round or so, um, or whatnot. But that's how they like to, like to gauge it. So yeah, yeah, I feel I mean a lot and Coach Mary, one of the best coaches ever. The, the, to do this, do this game will tell you that you know it's, um, you know we we're a great team and you know I going to be the best college football player ever on there. You know we we got to be mentioned somehow. I think the Ole Miss blim- the Ole Miss blemish kind of like takes us out the conversation a little bit. You know and people don't take that serious. So David Nelson invoked his airness to put the 2008 team in the proper perspective. Michael Jordan had a had a quote that said. You practice so hard, the games come easy. And we were we had the unique we had the unique ability to be. I had a, I got a chance to practice against Joe Hayden, Janoris Jenkins, Ahmad Black, Brandon Spikes, Carlos Dunlap. I mean, first round All American players every single day in practice. I mean, so a lot of times our red zone practices. I'm sure Ahmad and Major Wright can tell you the exact same thing. Our red zone practices on Wednesdays were intense. I mean, it was intense. In a lot of ways, our practices during the week were a lot more difficult than the games that we were playing. And so I think you just, to me, just, yes, we had a lot of a lot of athletic ability, but man, we were so close. We had a lot of, like, still to this day, there's so many guys that I still am in, in touch with and in communication with. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff that we had to deal with off the field, but just when we stepped in between those lines and we were on the football field, uh, you just saw guys with high motors that just played for each other. You had a lot of guys that had a lot of, a lot of reasons to play selfishly, but didn't. And a lot of guys that had every reason to play for themselves, but didn't. Um, you saw a lot of individual superstars, a lot of individual success that culminated and that attributed to uh, the ultimate team success. And so it was just a, a beautiful, it was a, it was a beautiful collection of talent that was able to play together, mesh together, grow together, trust each other, uh, and do some great things together. Having been the AD during all three football championships, Jeremy Foley had the chance to see and analyze the big picture. 
I mean, I'm sure there's polls out there, teams out there that people can put up against them. And I'm not saying it's the best, but um, you look at the number of pros that are on that team and playing and still playing. And, you know, obviously one of the greatest college quarterbacks in the history of the game. And, you know, to me, Percy Harvin may be the, the most talented player I ever played at the University of Florida in terms of, you know, his ability on those teams. Just um, on and on and on down the list. Um, absolutely. And, uh, they were a great team, too. I mean, there's a lot of individuals on there that had great inspiration, uh, aspirations to play at the next level, did play at the next level. You know, obviously, they, you know, I'm sure they had a lot of people in their ear telling them this, telling them that. But they, 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 they were a team. They liked each other. They played hard with each other. And obviously, they, 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 they had set out to win a championship, and that's what they did. So, yeah, I think that was a great team as well, Adam. What about the coach whose name adorns the field the Gators play on and coach the other national title team? Well, the 08 team, uh, that's the team that lost to Ole Miss, right? Correct. Okay, so they had one loss. Well, there's been so many teams with no losses that, I don't know, you'd almost have to put some, some of those up there in that uh, best ever deal. I know uh, that Nebraska team that clobbered us in 95, that uh, – Probably overall was the best team we ever played against in uh, my 12 years, I'd say. So uh, I don't know. I don't get into ranking all the teams. While debates like that can and will go on forever, Brandon James notes there's no denying what the football program accomplished over the span of 2006 to 2009. You think, you know, University of Florida has been around forever. And at that time, before we won the first one, they only had one national title. And to now be a part of a class that has two in three years, like, oh, you couldn't tell us nothing. I'm just be <laughs> straightforward. I'm gonna be straightforward with you. Like, and then, you know, Joe Kim, those guys winning national titles in basketball. So, you know, the title title town thing is going around. You know, we're you know, every couple months we're celebrating another national title. And I mean, I just, you know, we were you couldn't tell us nothing, man. I mean, I remember winning the title or celebrating in Miami and then coming back to Gainesville and just feeling like rock stars, man, everywhere we went. You know, everything was laid out. Everybody was trying to get autographs, shake hands, take pictures, kiss babies, all that good stuff there. And uh, it was just a special time, man. And um, again, man, it was one of those things that, you know, it just validated the the recruiting class. It validated the hard work. It validated, you know, all the adversity we went through, the, the up and down times of, you know, losing to Michigan and losing those games we did our, uh, in our sophomore year and to be able to win two national titles out of three years, it's like, okay, let's try to go for a third. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That the football team's trophies were matched by basketballs in that same period is still hard for Meyer to wrap his head around. Well, it's like a time warp. It was was a a point in time where everything happened so fast. You're working so hard. Billy and I really never saw each other. We were neighbors and we lived in the same uh, neighborhood, but we, you know, everyone, you're just working. And it became such an expectation that, it impacted both of us, uh, not all positive, where the only thing that was uh, acceptable was a national title. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know if that will ever be done again. I just can't imagine that uh, there'll be four trophies within three years. And I'll never forget one time, we just never really had a chance to celebrate after the OA because we we're so busy recruiting. And and one day I get home and Shelly says, well, you got to come with me over to Billy's house. And I said, I didn't know what was happening. And we went over there. And uh, we had all four trophies sitting on his pool table. <laughs> and you just kind of stare at it. And you walk, I remember walking in Coach Donovan's house and just, it kind of took your breath away, had tears in your eyes because you just, 
can you imagine that that happened? There's four national championship trophies on my neighbor's pool table Mm. and uh, incredible experience. That type of coordinated success doesn't happen by accident, as Urban is quick to give the lion's share of the credit to the orchestrator of it all, athletic director Jeremy Foley. Well, he's first and foremost, he's the ultimate person. I mean, he he cares deeply about the Donovan family, about uh, the Meyer family, and we were so close with him, and we still are. And, you know, with, with high expectations also, like he, he had some struggles too afterwards where – you know, anything other than a championship. I remember uh, standing up at SEC Media Days in 09, preseason number one, and a reporter said, Coach, how does it feel knowing that anything other than a perfect season and a national championship and you're a failure? <laughs> and I remember looking at him and I thought, my God, he's right. <laughs> and Jeremy, you know, Jeremy was, we all felt it, but he kept it together and uh, obviously uh, was one of the best ADs of all time. For the final word on this series, we turn to the voice of the Gators, Mick Hubert, to give additional weight to the unprecedented run of glory. When I think about these championships that happened in this era, I'm always quick to go right start to baseball because that 2005 Gator baseball team was very, very good. And we had to go play in in, in uh, Rosenblatt Stadium, the College World Series. And the first game we played Tennessee, and they had a, a future major league pitcher, Luke Hoshaber, on the mound, and we beat him. And then on because we were in the winners bracket, we had to go play Sunday night at Rosenblatt in Link in, in Omaha against Nebraska. And here they were, the hometown, home state favorite. And probably 24 of the 26,000 people in that ballpark were dressed in red. And we beat them on that Sunday night. And uh, and I remember doing the game on the radio. And my guest in the booth for two or three innings that day was the new president of the University of Florida, Dr. Bernie Matchin. Huh. And he was, from, he was from St. Louis. And he was a baseball fan. And I had just met him. And he sat in the booth two or three innings because he loved baseball. And so we talked about the University of Florida and about him being the president of you know, baseball the sport of baseball allows you to do that. So we talked about his presidency and what he expected, but we also talked about his childhood memories of baseball and how he loved the sport and, and how he's here now in Omaha watching his the new university. And, uh, you know, and then a few days later, we're playing in the best of three national championship against Texas. And they beat us in game one. They beat us in game two. And game three was not necessary. But the Gators came that close to winning perhaps their first baseball national championship in 05. And who knew that in June of 05 that, you know, they were going to be very shortly going to win four national championships in football and basketball over the next two and a half years. Just think if we'd have won baseball, we'd have had all three within a uh, about a 30-month period. Yeah, that's as, as remarkable as it was, uh, baseball is kind of the forgotten thing in that, that we actually play it for a national championship in baseball. And, and got beat by a, by a powerhouse. The thing about Florida winning the national championships in all these sports is the fact that they did it against great storied programs. You know, football, you, you do it against Oklahoma. You know, you, you do it against Ohio State. Basketball, you do it against UCLA. Uh, you, you lose in baseball to texas mm-hmm. uh so i mean you know it wasn't like we're playing the little sisters of the poor here we, <laughs> you know, we, we're playing great programs and we're beating great programs and it's not like oh yeah florida won a national championship who, who they won it with? well they 
there was a couple of upsets along the way, you know, and so and so they they didn't make it, and that team didn't make it, and lo and behold, Florida had to play them. <laughs> no, there was no them's there. We we're playing all the heavyweights, and that's the beauty of uh, uh, those championships that the, the that the football team and the basketball team won in those years. We hope you've enjoyed this look back at the 2008 National Champions and encourage you to explore our other Gator Great series, including Trail to Glendale about the 2006 football squad and MBK Goes B2B, the story of the 04s and the glitz they brought to the basketball program. Until next time, I'm Adam Schick, giving a special thanks to production assistant Eli Rosen and to all of you for joining us for this latest installment of Gator Tales, Gator Greats. <laughs>